Let's look ahead to Friday. There are 10 games on in the NBA. Let's give injury updates, stream of the days, what's on my radar. And we get chunky towards the end. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and people who buy things are suckers. I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore Beeble on TikTok at redrock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by PricePix, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to pricepix.com slash locked on NBA and use the promo code all lowercase locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free. We are available on all platforms. Are you a double banger? Are you in the DB squad? What does double banging mean? Well, it means that you watch the video and you download and listen to the audio. Or you download and listen to the audio first and then just on your TV while you're watching dinner, you put my head up on the screen and, and just watch them through. That's how we get to Operation 80K, 90K, 100K. and helps the show grow. So I appreciate you guys that do double bang it on the daily. We are here to talk about the action for Friday, 10 games on in the NBA. We're going to do our usual look-ahead, streams, what we're watching for, things of interest, injuries. And there are a few injuries at the moment that are just creeping up, and we're going to talk about those right now. So let's get straight into it. In New York, of course, Mitchell Robinson's out. Jericho Sims is still on the sidelines there. Markel Fultz remains out for the Magic, and who knows when that changes. Dylan Brooks will be out in Houston. Aaron Gordon will be out for Denver. I'm going to guess that Lamella Ball and Gordon Haywood are out. We haven't had any update on Lamella Ball because that franchise, honestly, they're dreadful. And yeah, you wish they would just change everything about the way they operate. But apparently even Michael Jordan selling the team doesn't remove the stench of ineptitude from them. Lamella Ball and Gordon Haywood will be out. I'm very, very confident in saying that. Bradley Beal is out for Phoenix, but he's going to be back really, really soon. It appears. If Bradley Beal was dropped, you go and add him without any question. Beal is not going to be as bad as he's been so far this season. Your buy low window is probably... Well, no, actually, actually, it's probably not closed because he hasn't done anything actually good since he's been out there. I'd be more than happy to give a top 90 player for Bradley Beal at this point. The sprained ankle doesn't mean that it gets hurt as we move forward. The back is more of a worry, but if I don't have to give up much for it, I do it. Victor Weminyamba will be out on Friday. He is playing Thursday, but he'll be out most likely. They said he's going to sit one of them, so he's going to be out Friday. Uh, the Cockroach, Mason Plumley is going to be out. The Duck, Luke Kennard, is going to be out. The um, the Apple Picker, Derek Rose, is also going to be sidelined with that hamstring soreness. Originally, I had projected that Lonnie Walker was going to be doubtful, but he is officially ruled out with his hamstring slash um, illness that he's dealing with. I don't expect that Jabari Smith plays for the Rockets after spraining his ankle in the last game. That has not been confirmed yet, but that's how I'm listing him. I, I'm i going to I'm gonna go out on a limb here. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Mark Williams is doubtful. I don't, know where it come, I don't know where I get that idea. I just think he might be doubtful. Who knows? He's still officially doubtful for Thursday's game. Maybe they surprise me. If they upgrade him to questionable, I feel good that he's going to play. But at the moment, he is doubtful for, 
<laughs> this idiot team. He is doubtful for Thursday, so I'm going to suggest he's doubtful for Friday. Uh, wouldn't rule him out, though. Wouldn't rule him out. Gary Harris, um, questionable. He missed the last game. He's officially questionable now. He wasn't officially questionable before. J- Jonathan Isaac is officially questionable, but Joe Ingles has been ruled out. The Italian cock, Danilo Gallinari, he left the last game, which was weird. It was a back-to-back, so I didn't expect him to actually play. And then he left very early in that one with a back issue. He's questionable. I think it's probably closer to probable there. We'll find out. Donovan Mitchell, this illness, man. This is his last thing a very long time. He is questionable. Sam Merrill is questionable. Jalen Brown, uh, the florist, he is missing the game on Thursday. This is a back-to-back Thursday, Friday for the Celtics. So I think that he is... He hurt his back, obviously, on Christmas. I think there's a chance that he is returning on Friday. I'm going to rule Al Horford out. He's playing on Thursday. So I assume that he's out on Friday. Jason Tatum was questionable for Thursday, but he's playing. So I'm just going to pop him on the injury report with an ankle injury. And while Porzingis has not popped up with his calf slash ankle problem on a back-to-back, I'm just going to preemptively put both Tatum and Porzingis on the injury report for Friday as questionable. I don't know that that's going to be the case, but that's me projecting out. All those, when you see this and you're watching a video and you see the name with a little asterisk next to them, that usually means that I'm projecting this. That has not been officially confirmed unless they officially confirm it between the time I create this and the time that we go live, which, yeah, like the Joe Ingles one and Gary Harris ones I told you about. I did originally project Nico Batum to be questionable, but I'm actually changing that. I think it's doubtful. The Sixers have a Friday, Saturday back-to-back. Batum's dealing with a hamstring problem. I would be pretty shocked if he played in both of those games. Therefore, it makes more sense to sit out the first one. So I think Batum is probably going to be doubtful for that game on Friday. As for Embiid, I'm not sure. I am listing him questionable. I think it's probably, again, officially doubtful is 25% chance. In practicality, doubtful 6% chance of playing. Um, I think that Embiid is probably sitting at 30, 33% chance of playing, would be my guess. So between the questionable doubtful. I don't want to give the NBA any other ideas by announcing other tags, like a, a very probable, 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 questionable, 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 doubtful, doubtful, very doubtful, and then Hornets doubtful. I don't want to give them that sort of range of, of statuses, but I, I think Embiid's on the, the QD side on the 33% available to play, but I don't know. Reggie Jackson is questionable for Thursday's game for the Nuggets. they got a back-to-back, so we have to expect that he is uh, questionable for Friday. He's questionable with an injury that, I'm not really sure how to... Like, it's called skin lesion. Did he get bitten by Aaron Gordon's dog as well? Just a little little nick. What the hell? Skin lesion. A cut? A melanoma removal? What the hell is that? Anyway, skin lesion. Pig Williams left the last game for the uh, Thunder. Just so you're aware, that Jalen Williams is not the smaller, better Jalen Williams. That This one is Pig Williams, the taller Vietnamese legend one for the Thunder. He left the last game. Brandon Miller is currently still questionable. For the Hornets with an ankle sprain for Thursday, so I'm going to preemptively list him as questionable for Friday. Devontae Graham is out for the Spurs on Thursday. I'm going to list him questionable for Friday, but it's even questionable that he plays a single second because they just don't want him to play, I guess. On the Blazers side of things, Aiton and Sharp are both out on Thursday, so I'm going to list them questionable for Friday's game. Kawhi Leonard is officially questionable. I am be very surprised if he plays, honestly. The report's out of practice, and every team obfuscates all the time about injuries, and it's annoying. We know this. You know, is he going to take any contact? Oh, maybe. Is he going to do something? Yeah, he'll do a little bit. I think it's more likely, and again, we've talked about this, missing a two-game week, best-case scenario for Kawhi. You don't actually lose that many games played. Two-game week, fine. All right, that's good. And then hopefully he's back next week. So I actually think he's probably closer to the QD tag as well. Santiel Dharma and Ja Morant are both questionable for Thursday's game with an illness. 
So if they play on Thursday, I would expect that they play on Friday. If they miss on Thursday, I think there's a reason to have them questionable for Friday's game. And then in another illness-related scenario, Anthony Simons popped up for Thursday's game as questionable. Um, A late questionable tag usually is not a great sign. It's probably more doubtful, but they always put that late questionable on. So just when a late questionable pops up, sometimes it happens. Like Andrew Wiggins had a late questionable tag about a week ago. He was about four hours before the game. Hey, he's questionable with an illness, and then he played, so I don't know what to make of that. But usually a late questionable tag, which is what Simon's got, and Aldama actually got it as well, usually means they're leaning more towards out. But that then we'll see what happens on Friday because the, the Blazers do have a back-to-back there on Friday. And that is all of your um, all of your questionable tags and all of your injury updates at this point in the day. Today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks. Price Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's also the easiest and the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's not like your old traditional daily fantasy sports sites where it's thousands of people going up for a prize and pros in there who've been grinding it all day on their spreadsheets with their algorithms and trying to take that money away from you. It's just you and player projections. And honestly, like in a traditional daily fantasy situation, there's only certain people that can win. It's got to be the top five or top 30 or top 100. On Price Picks, literally everybody can win. If you just pick the right side of the player projections, they'll put it up more or less. If you just choose the right one, I pick it, you pick it, we both win. Easy as that. You're not competing against other people. You're competing against the projections that Prize Picks puts out. You do between two to six of those, stick them into an entry, and you can have to 25 times your money back. $10 to 250 if you get all six of them right. It's fast. Payouts are also fast. It's so easy to do. There's a wide range of different players and different stats that they throw up there for you to chuck a more or a less pick on. So go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. That is prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. PrizePicks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Okay, let's have a look at who is actually playing the Friday-Saturday back-to-back. So if we are looking to stream guys in on Friday, it may or may not be possible. Because there's 10 games on, so check your rosters. The Knicks, the Sixers, and the Raptors go Friday and Saturday. We've already talked about the likelihood of Batum playing the Friday-Saturday back-to-back. Very low. Embiid might be at risk there. The Knicks, probably no issue. Raptors, also probably no issue. It's really just looking at the Sixers and then if any injuries pop up for New York or Toronto in the games on Friday. So, who are my streams of the day? And... I don't know how I feel about these streams today. We'll see how we go. But again, it's all based on how I project these things out. Someone dropped a very interesting nickname for me in the comments of YouTube the other day about Isaiah Hartenstein. And because I was going to call him something the other day when I was talking about yeah, big avocado for Drummond, I was going to call him something that was related to you know German German heritage and German food. No, that, that, that doesn't really sit right. So I'm not going to call him. I'm not going to call him that. But anyway, someone said, well, Hartenstein, right? Hart, symbol for love. Stein, German is the vessel that you hold beer in, the big one liter boys that, you know, is so heavy to, to lift up. Love a Stein, right? So Hartenstein, love beer. And someone said, right, so if you love beer, cool. That's right. I Hartstein, cool. I love beer. No worries. And then he started going, that's great. We love beer. And then he turned it into, <laughs> into VB Longneck, as you may have seen that viral clip of that Australian. At eight, at 28 in the morning. Yeah, that guy. So Isaiah Hartenstein has now turned into the VB Longneck. Well, maybe, do we just call him the VB Longneck or do we take from VB Hard-earned thirst, big cold beer. The best cold beer is Vic. We just call him Vic. That's a that's a long that's a long run up. Isaiah Vic Hartenstein. Yeah, that's there's so far to go for that one. 
Maybe we just call him um, the Stubby. There you go. The Stubby. Isaiah Hartenstein. Yeah. So when I start calling him the Stubby, line it up with the Koala, Evan Mobley, and then the Switch, Brandon Pajemski. Do they make any sense? Well, they do to me. And sometimes I even forget why they come there. Anyway, the 12-team category stream. The 10-teamer is the Stubby, Isaiah Hartenstein. The 12-teamer is Eric Gordon, who was really good last game, and the opportunity is still there. The 14-teamer, this is one where I go, really? What? Claxton is probable. I should have put that on the thing. He did actually just pop up as probable, and so did Dorian Finney-Smith, all those other jokers who missed are all ready to go for the Nets. But Dayron Sharp pops up as the 14-team category stream, and I went, okay, what's, what's, why is that? Well, there's just not that many great options available in 20% of leagues for Friday's games. And Sharp has been putting up some unbelievably good permanent numbers. And I've only got him projected at like 18 minutes. So I've got that one there. He projected out really well for category leagues. I'm not certain about it. But if Claxton is actually ill and then can't play all the full minutes, I feel a little bit better about it. But you'll notice here, a lot of centers. Hartenstein, the stubby. Dayron Sharp. And then the cashier, Xavier Tillman. He's still 90% plus available. He had five blocks last game. He is better than Bismack Biombo. I don't know whether he gets a start or starters minutes every night, but in a 16-teamer, absolute no-brainer. And in the points league, guys, it's Karis LeVert. Yahoo and ESPN, he's the guy we look at. He'd probably still have, he's got value in a 12-team category league as well. He was great last game, even in limited minutes. So what's on my radar for these 10 games? The first one is the Knicks and the Magic. Emmanuel quickly it is to me, and I know what's going to happen. He's going to play 24 minutes, and he'll score 20 points, or he'll score five points, and he won't have any other supporting stats, and I'll be annoyed that he can't find a larger role. But in terms of stream value, he's always going to be there. Josh Hart played 34 minutes last game as well, so who knows? Some clarity would be good, or some consistency would be good, but it doesn't happen. Thanks, Captain Crow. For the Magic, it is Wendell Carter, who I do believe you can drop. You do not have to drop him. I do think that he is going to improve significantly from where he currently is, but is the payoff worth waiting for? They went three centers last game. Goga played like 10 minutes, had two blocks, was a bad plus-minus guy. Will they continue to run three centers? Does Carter get back to 28? He needs 28. He probably needs more, but he's not getting it. And part of my thing is like, if we're a week into this, and I'm still talking Wendell Carter at 22 minutes... Or it's gone up to 23, I'm less likely to drop because it seems closer to him getting back to full value. Where sometimes if you go early on a cut and then it takes four weeks and he gets back to full value, we go, well, that's fine. But in the meantime, I waited on a 200th ranked player and actually got good value in in that spot. And then when he's actually back to his best, he's the 95th guy. And who cares? So yeah, I don't think he's a hold unless he just bumps up and they take Goga out and he plays 30 here, then I'm, then I'm all right. Streamers, it is Josh Hart, and probably is Mo Wagner, although that is only a deeper league one. Of course, the three-center thing does hurt him. For the Brooklyn Nets, Mikhail Bridges complaining about they didn't like being rested in the last game. At some point, Mikhail, you are going to get hurt, and then your entire personality of being the guy who plays every game will be, will be changed, and then we'll see what happens with that. Um, I like Mikhail Bridges quite a lot. I just... Yeah, the Nets did some obviously weird things yesterday. I don't. The preserving of a games played streak is, is pretty weird. I, I don't, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't know. Anyway, McCubbridge has been shit out though. Honestly, like he has not been good the last few weeks. He needs to improve. And despite his protestations that he's fine and ready to play, his play would suggest that he was not fine or ready to play because he's worn down and playing terribly. So let's see if that three quarters of a game off helped at all. For the Wizards, Tyus Jones has been playing really well. He was a little bit down last game. He'd been shooting the absolute lights out. Let's see if DeLon Wright, or sorry, why do I keep calling it DeLon? DeLon Wright actually cuts into his playing time at all and where the value is. Tyus is still a sell high. 
In terms of streams, it is Dayron Sharp. I don't know why that keeps popping up, but he's there. And DeLon Wright is probably worth a stream, especially if we are looking at those steal numbers that he does bring, you know, usually. Milwaukee and Cleveland, I want to see Bob Portis because I thought he was cooked. And then recently, they are going to him over Leaky Beasley. Beasley plays 22, Portis plays 30. It's a very big lineup they're going with. And that's really an interesting thing is the fact that Middleton's now playing 33 minutes a night, allowing Beasley to play less, and they're able to go bigger more, that's that's possibly part of it. Is Portis going to lock in as a 30-minute guy until Jay Crowder returns? I don't know. But it has been a very clear switch in the way they're using Portis. For the Cavs, it is Craig Porter. I don't know whether Donovan Mitchell is going to play or Sam Merrill. Porter is the guy that's going to be one of those like Ray Felton triple-double legends, a 10-10-10 with a steal and a block. He can do that. But will they actually play him enough to matter with Mitchell is there? And I don't think they will because there's Mitchell, there's Levert, there'll be a Coro, there's Struess. Porter might play 15 minutes. He's been great every opportunity he's gotten, but I don't know if the opportunity is there. In terms of streams, it is Leaky Beasley, who I don't think is a must-hold, must-roster, but he does have always value to look at. And then Levert is available in a lot of different spots. So yeah, let's, let's go with Karras. I don't know why he's available in as many spots as he currently is. The Kings and the Hawks. Leaky Monk's production has been down recently. He's been dealing with a foot issue. Is it because of that? Or is it just a hot streak that's cooled off? I would hold him for now, but he doesn't have the longest leash in the world. And if he starts to go back to 23 minutes instead of 28, then yeah, he's a drop. In terms of the Hawks, Janeka Okongwu, how much does Janeka Okongwu cross over with Capella? Because last game with Jalen Johnson back, zero minutes. And zero minutes is not great. And it was also 26 to Capella, 21 to Okongwu, which is not great. Still a hold. But is it a 24-24 split? Do they both play 26 and there's power forward crossover? We need to see this. In terms of streams, Kevin Herter's been dropped rightfully in many leagues. Good. Now he's into that mix of who? Who is a shooting guard who can hit threes and get points? And there are millions of those guys around. Millions is obviously an exaggeration, but there is a few. And Herter's one of them. And on the Hawks, they just have no streamer. So I just put Spud Webb on that list because he was a fun former Atlanta Hawks player. There you go. The next game we look at is the Raptors and the Celtics. The Raptors' new starting lineup was successful last game. Was it a win? Well, who knows? They played against Washington. So does that lineup actually make sense? I'm not sure. But what I do want to see is what the hell they do with Yucca Pirtle. Because last game, again, Pirtle did have some early foul trouble. I thought he returned not bad numbers, not good numbers, but not bad numbers. But if he didn't have foul trouble, would he be 24 minutes? Or would he be 29 minutes? Because they didn't go to pressure the Chua. They went smaller a bit with a more Pascal Siakam at center. Now, the Wizards don't have any centers apart from Gafford, so you're able to do that. Let's see how they decide to use Jakob in this one. And then for the Celtics, I expect that Horford's out. There's a risk that there is no um, Porzingis, perhaps. I want to see what they do with Nemeas Cater, the Pastel de Nata. Does he get in as the backup again with Horford out? Is that 15 minutes behind Porzingis? Is that enough to matter? It might be, because he was ahead of Cornette last game. In terms of streamers, it is Gaz Trent to me on the Raptor side. He's another one of those guys. The Leaky, Measle, Leaky Beasley, Leaky Bunks, Kevin Herters, Tim Hardaways, Norman Powells, the points and threes guys. He can get steals, not as much as what he used to under Nick Nurse, but he's there. He's probably worth a look. And then Slam and Sammy Hauser. Again, there is a chance that Horford's out. Maybe Tatum's out. Maybe Brown is out. So you can get five triples out of Slam and Sammy. Relatively confidently, I would say. Today's episode is also brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. As the weather gets colder, your bets on FanDuel get bolder. And all of the bet types are on the site. I don't know what I was going to say, but FanDuel's here. 
because I was trying to, off the top of my dome, you know, spit hot bars the way that Fangio's offers keep you warm. Is this a good ad? Does Fangio want to cancel the sponsorship? Probably. But new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That is $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining Fangio, there's never been a better time to get in on the action. Spreads, over-unders, totals, player props, parlays, futures. It's all there over on Fangio. And if you just win that $5 money line bet, you get $150 in bonus bets to play around with. So go to Fangio.com slash locked on and get ready for the NFL playoffs. Fangio is an official partner of the NFL, and don't forget to gamble responsibly. Okay, what are we looking at now? That was the Raptors and the Celtics, so let's go on to the Philadelphia 76ers and the Houston Rockets, first game of a back-to-back for Philadelphia. And the Thick Hogsman has been a wild ride this season, Tobias Harris. Very up, very down, and now without Embiid, he's pushed back up with some big games. What the hell is the real Tobias Harris? We haven't really seen big changes in his usage with Harden gone. In fact, I think it's the same as last season. But it's just been game-to-game variance has been a real killer with him. Let's see what he does. And then the Rockets, it is everyone's favorite player, Tari, this season. I like Tari Eason a lot. I do think that there is a lot of Danish backhanding going on about how good he actually is. I think he is fine. He is reasonably good. He can be a solid enough starter, but this guy is not an absolute game changer, I don't believe. You still want to roster him, especially with Brooks out and potentially um, Smith out, likely Smith out. I definitely would not have started Jay Sean Tate at small forward, but they also still view Eason mainly as a power forward. So there is a big opportunity for him here, but let's see how they use him. Which Smith plays, what the hell happens to Eason? You've got to have him because this double absence of Brooks and Smith opens up a lot. But I reckon we just might need to calm our tits somewhat. In terms of streams, well, Paul Reed will be the stream if Embiid is out. He's got a little bit of stream value even if Embiid plays because with a back-to-back, if Embiid plays, maybe he's somewhat limited. So we can look at Reed there. And then Tate is a guy that's widely available. Easton's been grabbed most spots, of course. So maybe you look at Tate, especially if he's going to start, play 25 minutes. He's not great, but there is sometimes value there. The Thunder and the Nuggets. Jalen Williams, the Bronco. He's been really, really good the last couple of games, putting up some really big scoring numbers. The Steels still aren't there, and maybe they don't come back at all. That is possible. More offensive responsibilities often leads to less defensive playmaking. But he is showing an ability to ramp usage into a second offensive guy, and that's been really, really good. The Nuggets on a back-to-back, so we'll get an idea on Thursday about what they do with the absence of Aaron Gordon. Lou Dort's always going to be that stream guy for the Thunder. We had a huge game, bad game the last two. So I don't know what we get here from him. Maybe it's like a 10 points on 33% shooting. We'll see. And then for the Nuggets, it is Peyton Watson, but let's see what happens on Thursday. You might be looking at Strouther, or you definitely won't be looking at Justin Holiday, but what he does is he puts a pin in the bubble of any other one, any other streamer that you could be looking at. The Hornets and the Suns. The Hornets are on a back-to-back here. Eric Gordon's the guy we want to watch on Phoenix. Grayson Allen, I think it's established now. Should have been established six weeks ago, but it's established now that he's a 12-team league player. Gordon is still available in a lot of spots, and I would be grabbing him and using him. And then for the Hornets, we are under the assumption that Ball is out, and we are under the assumption that Mark Williams is doubtful. So Big Dick Nick Richards is still available as a streamer. He's still not 40% rostered. I don't know what has taken people so long to add him. You know what it is? It's the doubtful tag, and these are the people who are not listening to this show. And maybe that gives me a good indication of how what percentage of people listen to this show. Richards probably would have been at 10% before. He's up to 38 now. There's no, nah, there's no way someone in 20% of leagues listen to this show. Other fantasy shows would be spruiking this stuff as well. But the fact that it's not sitting at 70% is actually insane to me. Because people believing, oh, Mark might be back next game. Yeah, cool. 
Uh, Eric Gordon's the stream there for Phoenix. The Spurs and the Blazers, they both well, they play each other on Thursday, and then they play each other on Friday. Wimben Yama is going to be out, so make sure that Zach Collins is on your roster. As for the rest of that team, I, I don't really know. Will they make a move and put Trey Jones starting? I, I, don't, I don't know. I do think it's coming in the next week or so. I, I do think he will get a start coming up. I really do want to see what Julian Champagne is able to do. Jeremy Sohan's also popping up really high in my projections without Wembenyama, so look at him as a streamer. And Matisse Thybul is there, and his value rises significantly if Aiton and Sharp are out, because you can just get to 27 minutes really easy. And of course, Duop Reith would be a great option also if there is no DeAndre Aiton. The Grizzlies and the Clippers, back-to-back here for Memphis with the illnesses for Jar and Santi. Uh, for the Clippers, I want to watch Westbrook because numbers were great for him last game, and with Kawhi, they've been up. And when Kawhi plays, they're down. That has been the pattern. Is that something that continues again? I don't believe Westbrook needs to be rostered, but if Kawhi is out, go for it. In terms of streams, Tillman for Memphis looks pretty solid to me. And then Storm and Norman Powell for the Clippers always going to be in that stream zone, but never a must roster, it appears. In terms of two-for-ones, the Friday through Saturday, we are looking at Josh the Hitman Hart, the Big Ragu, Dante DiVincenzo, Gary Trent, Paul Reed, especially if Embiid is out, and maybe Precious Situa. I don't feel great about that one, but there's not a huge amount of two-for-one great stream options um, there. Now, for the chunks, that is the next five days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, looking at all the low-volume days. And after Friday, it's four low-volumes in a row, but nobody plays three and four nights there. So we're looking at a bunch of players with two quality games over the next five days. We go to the Bulls with Caruso and Williams. Obviously, Andre Drummond, but people have already added him, but Caruso and Williams are available. We go to the Mavericks with Exum and Jones, Tim Hardaway, if he's available as well, and if Derek Lively, for some reason, is still there. You go and add him. I don't expect Kyrie to return in those next five days. For the Pacers, Jalen Smith. I think you've just got to add him and see where this goes. I would not be shocked. I played today. I would not be shocked if Jalen Smith goes out there 14 and 9, hits a 3, has 2 blocks, and shoots 60%. Wouldn't be shocked. And then everyone will grab. Get ahead of it. And then the Jazz have two games, and I have no idea what they're going to do every game. Does Collins play 20 minutes, 30 minutes? Does Kessler play 20 or 30? Does Olenek play 20 or 30? Does Dunn or Horton Tucker or George start or Clarkson or Sexton or Fontecchio? I don't know. It's mixed up every single game, but Olenek's got at least a relatively solid baseline. I just don't feel super confident about it. If we look at the top 10-team streamers, we go with the stubby Isaiah Hartenstein, followed by Malik Monk, Grayson Allen, Jalen Suggsy-Suggs, the depressed penis, Sadiq Bay, And I do have Cole Anthony on there, although I am losing a little faith in him at the moment. 12-teamers, we go to Eric Gordon, uh, followed by Jeremy Sohan, Dayron Sharp, Dante DiVincenzo, Norman Powell, and Dorian Finney-Smith. Again, the quality of the stream, guys, does drop off pretty quickly on Friday, despite there being 10 games on. Or Sorry, yeah, 10 games. Uh, but that can change with injury absences, like a, a Paul Reed, for example. For deeper leagues, we go to Tillman at 7%, Vince Williams for 5%, Thibel, Branham, DeLon Wright, and Peyton Watson, which might be a dud, depending on what happens on Thursday. And then for your points league streamers, we've got Karis Levert, who's still widely available, Jeremy Sohan, Dayron Sharp, Eric Gordon, Gary Trent Jr., and Xavier the Cashier Tillman. And that will do it for me today, previewing Friday's action in the NBA. Don't forget, if you are an audio listener, be a double banger and come across to the YouTube side. If you are on YouTube, first of all, hit subscribe, ring the notification bell and give it a thumbs up. But go check out the audio side, Spotify, Apple, wherever. Leave reviews also. Comments, all that stuff is always appreciated. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.